You know, one of the worst feelings is to wait. <laughs> How many of you hate to wait? Just raise your hand. Uh, everybody raise your hand if you hate to wait. Uh, those who didn't raise their hands, what do we call them? Liars. That's right. Because we all hate to wait. I hate to wait. I mean, none of us likes to wait. And yet, there are many times in life where we have to wait. For example, um, how many of you have ever had this experience before where you pick up the phone, you call your favorite pizza place, uh, you tell them uh, what you want, and as you're getting ready to tell them what you want, they go, could you please what? Wait, or can you be on hold? And so you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait, and then they finally come back on and then they tell you a second time, do you mind waiting? Now, at that point, typically, I want to say, yes, I really mind. But you know that we would never say that because if we do, they're still going to put you on hold and then they'll spit on your pizza, right? So you know not to do that. How many of you have ever had this experience before? You go to church and you listen to a message. And the message goes on and on and on and on. And then eventually you start wondering to yourself, is this thing ever going to end? Well, if you haven't experienced that ever in church before, just wait. Because there is a probability, high probability, that it might happen today. Folks, nobody likes to wait, especially when it comes to waiting on God. I mean, maybe you're in a situation right now where you're praying and praying and praying, and you've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and you just don't see much happening. And it's in those moments that we begin to start asking ourselves, God, are you there? God, do you care? God, have you forgotten about me? What are you doing in the midst of my waiting? You might feel as if you're all alone. Maybe for some of you, you've been praying for a relationship to work and it just hasn't happened. Maybe you've been praying for healing. Maybe you've been praying for something else in your life. Maybe you've been praying for a hurting marriage that in some ways you wonder, will it ever kind of work? Or maybe you've been praying, God, I don't want to be single anymore. But you're waiting, you're waiting, and you just haven't heard anything. And it almost feels like that the more that you pray and the more that you pray, the less and the less that you actually see. I have a feeling that some of you know exactly what that feels like. Some of you have been praying for something for a while and you're waiting, but God hasn't done anything. Well, the good news is, is that if you are in the midst of waiting right now and you're struggling with waiting, you are not alone. The whole Christmas story is about a group of people called the Israelites who were waiting and waiting and waiting for God to send a Savior. If you don't know the story, I want to just kind of walk uh, through it with you today. So 700 years before Jesus ever comes on planet Earth, 
what we find is there is a guy by the name of Isaiah who was a prophet, a person who spoke on behalf of God. And in the midst of God speaking to him one day, Isaiah gives us these words in chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and he will call him Emmanuel. So 700 years before Christ comes, they give this prophecy. And I can imagine that Isaiah and all the Israelites wait for a year, and they're like, okay, no big deal. And then maybe they wait for 10 years. And they think to themselves, okay, it's getting a little bit longer. It's been a decade, but no problem. And then finally, it becomes a hundred years. A century goes by. One generation, maybe two, have already died and there is no hope. And it just goes more and more and more. Year 200, 300, 400, 500. But eventually, they start to lose hope somewhere. And they begin to start wondering, does God even care? Has he forgotten about me? Does he even think about us anymore? He said he was going to do this, but he hasn't done it. What in the world is going on? I mean, God promised that he would send the Savior, but now we're in year 500, maybe 600. He promised the Savior of the world, but nothing happens for centuries and centuries. So we ask the question this morning, which is this. What is God doing when you and I are waiting? What in the world is God doing when you and I are waiting? I mean, the truth is, God could do something, right? He is the God of the universe. He can do all things. So he could do something. He absolutely could But many times he doesn't. And so then we have to start asking the questions. Well, is God cruel? Is he just teasing us? Is he kind of just waiting so that he can show off and he could be seen as great? I mean, what in the world is God doing when he could do something that you're praying for, that you're asking for, but he's not doing it? And you and I are just left there waiting. Folks, I want you to know that those are fair questions for you and I to ask. Those are questions that we should ask. Questions that we ponder, that we wonder. I mean, it's safe for you to ask the question, what is God doing when I am here waiting? Now, to try to answer this important question, we're going to look at a history of time that actually is not recorded in the Bible. There is a period of time that happens in history, but we have no recollection of it in the Bible, and it's called the intertestamental time. And so this is kind of your first fill-in. Maybe you never knew this before, but this is your first fill-in. This period, it's the 400-year period after the Old Testament ends and before the New Testament begins. It's called the intertestamental Period. Now, the last book in the Old Testament is called Malachi. Growing up as a kid, I thought it was Malachi, okay? 
Uh, it is not Malachi, okay? It is Malachi. And the first book of the New Testament is called Matthew. But in between those two periods is 400 years that we do not hear from God. Now, during this time, they're still waiting for a Savior. They're asking for a Savior, but there is no word from the Lord at all. Zero. Zilch. Nada. God didn't speak at all, which made things extremely difficult. Because for the first 300 years of Isaiah's prophecy, even though the Savior didn't come, God was still speaking to his people. But then when it got to the year with 400 of these years, then all of a sudden everything stopped. There was no talking at all. And yet the people had to continue to wait and wait and wait. And yet they heard nothing, absolutely nothing from God. I'm just guessing today that some of you probably understand that a little bit. I bet for some of you, you believe, you trust, you know that God could do something and you've been praying or asking for a period of time and it's just like he hasn't answered it. And there's a piece of you that's like, all I want is an answer. Give me a sign. Give me anything. I don't care what it is. Have it snow, have it don't snow. Do something, God, but I really need to know some feeling, anything. And today you might be asking, well, what is God doing while I'm waiting? I mean, what is it that God is doing while I'm waiting? You know, sometimes when I'm in a waiting season, I begin to feel like God is silent and that he just doesn't want to answer me. And many times I'll begin to start asking, God, are you there? God, have you forgotten about me? Why are you so far away? But folks, let me tell you this, and this is good news for you. And some of you might want to take a picture. If you're on this stream, you might want to uh, just own this, write it down. And it's this, just because God feels silent doesn't mean that God is absent. Just because God may feel silent, it does not mean that God is absent. I mean, in these 400 years where God is not speaking, it didn't mean that God was absent. In fact, remember what Isaiah said? He said, the prophecy I'm going to give to you is I'm going to send you Emmanuel. And do you remember what that word Emmanuel means? It means God with us, that God is with us. Even when we can't hear him, God is still with us. Now, at this point, some of you might be asking the question, okay, Bunch, I get it, I get it. Uh, you're saying that God is, is with us in our waiting. But the real question that I have, Chris, is, is what is God doing, though? Like, what is it that God is actually doing when I'm waiting? And this kind of leads us to our big idea this morning, and this is your next fill-in, and it's this, that when 
you're waiting, God is working. While you're waiting, God is actually working. While you're wondering, while you're praying, while you're hoping, while you're waiting, God is actually working. Because God is always working behind the scenes, even when you can't see it, even when you can't feel it. God is working. Have any of you ever had this experience before? You're on an airplane and you're descending. You're getting ready to go to wherever your location is. Today, some of us wish we were heading to Florida or something, right? Uh, If there are people that are doing that, I pray that their plane would get delayed. No, I'm just joking. But, you know, we, we had some weather and it's cold and that kind of thing. But some of you... I have had that experience before. You're descending. And have you ever uh, had this experience where the pilot comes on and says something like this, ladies and gentlemen, our gate is not quite ready. So we're going to be in a holding pattern until we get clearance to land. Have any of you ever experienced that before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Many of us. I mean, You can look, if you're at a window seat, you can look down and you can like see the airport. You know that that's where you're supposed to be, but you're just in this holding pattern. Now, the pilot, though, is not in a holding pattern. He's still working, right? Like he's still flying the plane. He's still figuring out how we can do everything. He's still doing everything he can. But you and I are left to wait. You know, there's an area in my life that I've been praying about for years and I'm in a holding pattern. I bet there are some areas in your life that you've been praying about, you've been asking God about, but you're just in this holding kind of pattern. And you're waiting and you're believing and you're trusting God to do something in the midst of all of this, and you know he can, you know he can do it, but he hasn't done it yet. And often... When we're in these holding patterns, what tends to happen is we begin to start wondering, is it my fault? Did I do something wrong? Did I sin in some way? Is there not enough faith in me for this thing to happen? Now today, this is what I want you to know. If you're in one of these holding patterns and you're waiting, you're not alone. Because the story of so many people in the Bible is stories of people who are in holding patterns waiting on God. There's a couple in the Old Testament named Abraham and Sarah. God comes to them one day and says, you are going to be the father of Israel. You're going to have more descendants than there are stars. And they wait and they wait and they wait and they have no children. They wait 25 years to hold their baby Isaac. 25 years they waited to have a child. 
In the New Testament, there's a story about a woman who had a rare blood disease. For 12 years, she suffered from bleeding. 12 years. She spent all of her money, everything she had on physicians. Nobody could help her at all. And she lived in private agony, unable to function like a normal person, a normal woman. She was held up relationally. She was held up emotionally. She was held up spiritually. She was considered unclean, rejected from society because of this. She waited 12 years and then one day she took held of the garment of Jesus and he turned to her and he said, your faith has made you well. You are healed. There's another story about a guy who for 38 years, 38 years, all he knew was to lay on the ground. He could not walk. He was crippled 38 years, unable to walk. And then one day, Jesus looked at him. And when Jesus looked at him, he said, Hey, today's your day. Pick up your mat and walk on your own two feet, for you are healed. Folks, this is what you need to know, that while you're waiting, while you're wondering, while you're praying, I'm telling you, God is in the middle of that, and he is working. Even when you can't see it, even when you can't feel it, God is working. While you're hoping, while you're wondering, while you're begging, God is working in the middle of it all. And this is a big reality that some of you need to know this morning. Because for some of you, you are struggling with something or you're going through something. And this is what you need to know. That God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. I mean, just because God hasn't, it doesn't mean that he's not going to do it. It just might not be the right time yet. The right time yet. In other words, while you're waiting on it, whatever it is for you. Maybe you're waiting on an answer. Maybe you're waiting on a job. Maybe you're waiting on a relationship. Maybe you're waiting on a provision. Maybe you're waiting on a miracle. Whatever it is, maybe the reason you're waiting on it is because it's not quite ready. God just still might be working on it, working in you, working in the relationship, working in your health, working on it. As many of you know, part of my story is that during college, I drifted away very, very far from God. And as I drifted more and more away from God, I got involved in all kinds of stuff, alcohol, women, you name it. I just kind of did that. And eventually, I got in a very toxic relationship with someone that was not good at all. And it was at that time that my life just kind of spiraled out of control altogether. And I remember one particular night thinking, I just don't want to keep living in this kind of darkness. I want light. I want something that's good. And I remember going to a payphone 
For those of you that are under 25, you have no idea what I'm talking about right now. But there used to be this box that was a phone, and you had to put money in it. And then you, like, tapped it, and then you picked it, and then you actually called. And so I called in the middle of that night. I was 21 years old, and I called to my dad, and I cried like a small toddler going, God, or or, Dad, I just want God to get me out of this. I really want to change. And he listened to everything, and I kind of shared the whole story of how I had kind of, you know, ran off the rails. And that next day, I went through the difficult thing after a two-year relationship. I broke it off and said, you know, I I can't do this anymore. And then all of a sudden, I, I pulled back for a season of my life, and I wanted to work at purity. And I wanted to work at living a life that was going to be honoring as much as I could to God. And I started to make changes. And everything didn't change overnight. No one ever does. It took time and two steps forward, one step back. But I kept making some changes. And I remember one of the prayers that I had was, God, I don't want to be in a relationship like that again. I want to be in a healthy relationship. I want to be in one that honors you. And then I started waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. But while I was waiting, folks, God was working. Unbeknownst to me, while I was trying to live this pure life and make some changes, there was this girl right here on the screen, Jennifer Terry. And Jennifer Terry has her goat. And she was looking for a goat. And she found a male goat named Chris Bunch. And she was praying for a godly marriage. I think she would have rather had the goat at that time than me. But she was praying for a godly marriage. And she was praying that that God would send her someone, not that was perfect, which I'm far from it, but someone who really did want to honor God. And wanted to honor her. And again, I was pretty far from God. So when we started dating September 19th, 1992, she started help bringing me back to God. And she was extremely patient and extremely gracious in the midst of that. And I remember one day I was talking to her about the fact that I just didn't feel good enough that God would want to have a new relationship with me because of all the bad that I had done. And I'll never forget, Jennifer said, it's not based on your goodness, Chris. It's based upon God's grace. It's not about religion and you having to do something. It's about a relationship with the one that loves you. And for some reason, that just made so much sense to me. And after several different Christian retreats that I went to and Christian counseling, uh, I eventually had the nerve a year later to ask her to uh, become engaged to me. And she chose me over the goat, uh, which was good. And all of a sudden, you know, 28 years now, I look back on that and two kids, and a great marriage, not a perfect marriage, but a great marriage, and it gets emotional for me. Because I'm reminded, folks, 
that sometimes when you're waiting for something, and it's hard to wait, that God is still working. And while I was waiting and wanting my life to change, I had no idea that during the same time that she was waiting and asking for God to move in her life, that she would find a man who would honor God and would honor her. And in the midst of that, he brought us together. Today, some of you are in a waiting season. And this is what I need you to know. Your waiting is not in vain. Your waiting is not in vain because God is always working behind the scenes even when you can't see it. How do I know this? Isaiah chapter 64 verse 4 says this, Since ancient times no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who, what's it say? Wait for him. For those who actually wait for him. When you wait on God, he says, I promise to act on your behalf. When you wait on God, he moves on your behalf. He responds, he initiates, he answers. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no one has conceived the goodness, the power, the love of a mighty God and the grace of the God who acts on our behalf of those who wait on him. Folks, God's ways are always good. His timing is always perfect and he can be trusted. If you're waiting on God right now, he's not snubbing you. He's not forgotten about you. He's not rejecting you in some way. He loves you. He cares for you. He has amazing things for your life. And it's in the waiting that he is working in things in your life that maybe you just can't see right now. I mean, just because he seems silent does not mean that God is absent. What is he doing? What is he doing? He is working. He is working. So while you're asking, while you're begging, while you're hoping for him to do something in your life, what you need to know is that God is working. He's always working. And this is what you need to know. That years from now, When you look back, you might realize and understand that actually the worth or the the waiting was actually worth it. That it was in the waiting that it was worth it. You see, folks, this is what you need to understand. The God of the Bible is one who pursues us. God pursues you. Christianity, the whole story is about a God who left heaven to come downstairs to earth to pursue you. That's the whole story. It's not about us having to do good works or fly straighter or work harder or think of ways to please God, but it is about a God who pursues 
us. You know, 400 years, 400 years, think about that. 400 years, God was silent. And it felt as if there was no way that the promise of Isaiah would come. And yet, in the midst of him doing all of that, God was actually working. He was working behind the scenes. God was working, and in the midst of his waiting, he was waiting for just the right moment. And maybe you've never seen this passage before, but in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, it says this, when the time was, what's the next word? Right. When the time was actually right, God sent his son. And this is how the story goes. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, Joseph, in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place so that it would fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. 700 years before that, remember that? 700 years, the people are waiting and waiting. And for 400 years, God doesn't speak at all. And at just the right time, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When the moment was perfect, when the moment was just right, God came to earth and became flesh, and he pursued you, and he pursued me, and he's continuing to pursue us every day. You see, folks, the story of Christmas is that God made a way where there seemed to be absolutely no way. Because God is a way-making God. And I truly believe that with everything within me, that God is always good. God's timing is always perfect, and He is always working. While we're waiting, while we're waiting, while we're waiting, God is working. Our good God is working. So this is what I have to ask you this morning. What in your life right now is in a holding pattern? What is it in your life that is in a holding pattern? And you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting. What is it right now that you need God to make a way in something? And you have a desire for him to do it, but you haven't seen it yet. You see, folks, Christmas really reminds us that God is at work even when we can't see it. God is at work even when we can't feel it. Because he's always working behind the scenes. He's always working behind the scenes because he is a way-making God. 
And so right now, I'm going to invite you to stand as we sing about God being a way maker for you and for me.
stop, never stop working. Never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see you working, even when I don't feel you working. Never stop, never stop working. Never stop. Let's see that one more time. thank you so much for being a way maker for us. Thank you for working behind the scenes. That even when we can't see it, when we can't feel it, that you are still working. You're doing your great work. You know, maybe there are some of you who are here today And the reality is that you believe that God is working, but that one area in your life that you're asking God to work in the midst of, he just hasn't happened yet. Maybe there's something that you're praying for that's got unanswered. Maybe there's a relationship that you want restored, but it hasn't been restored yet. Maybe there's some healing that you're asking for in your own life or in the life of someone else. And as much as you're praying about it and as much as we can sing about it, there's a piece of you that's just really desiring, God, would you move, would you move, would you move in this? And you're waiting, and you're waiting, 
And this is what you need to know, that while you're waiting, folks, God is working. And even though he may seem silent, he is not absent. And even though you may be going through a delay right now, there does not necessarily mean it's in denial. That God is working. He is a way maker. And maybe there's some area in your life right now you want him to make a way where there seems to be no way. And I'm going to ask you to do something bold. Just between you and God, uh, I'd invite you to close your eyes. No one kind of looking around. But if there's some area of your life where you need God to make a way in, I invite you to just raise your hand. Say, God, move in this for me. Let me pray for you. God, I thank you right now that there is no season that is ever wasted with you. That you're always working behind the scenes, God. Even when we can't see it, you're moving. God, build faith right now in each hand that is raised. Draw them closer to you right now. Let them know that you love them, that you have not snubbed them, you've not walked away. You are working, and even though they're waiting, that you're going to do it in just the right time. Help us to believe, God, that at just the perfect time, at the right moment, that you will do your perfect will in our life. For as it is in heaven, let it be on earth for each person who's desiring for you to make a way in some area of their life right now. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can put your hand down. Now today, maybe for some of you, you were like me and you drifted away from God. And you didn't intend to drift, but you just started drifting a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And now you're kind of wondering, you know, I don't know if God would have anything to do with me because I've drifted too far. And I want you to know that the way maker wants to make a way in your life today, whatever you're going through. And even while you're waiting, God is working. Because He loves you. He cares for you. He he wants a relationship with you. He is pursuing you right now. Even in this moment, the God of the universe is pursuing you. And so today, you might feel far away from God, but I'm telling you, you're just one prayer, one prayer from the God of the universe coming down to meet with you right now. And so if you're ready to say, I want him in my life, I need him in my life, I want his love, I want his grace, I want his forgiveness, I need him now, I'm going to invite you in a prayer. And it's not a prayer that you pray by yourself, but it's one that we pray together in community. And I invite you to simply repeat this prayer after me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I surrender my life to you. Today is the day I give you all. Jesus, save me. Forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, serve you, and follow you for the rest of my life. 
My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.